That thing has infected the surrounding wildlife here with some sort of mutational agent, a virus that must have laid dormant for millennia, and it's quite possible it infected some of the Cobblepot party as well. So whatever that creature was, Dick, it was meant to stay buried. And like Eag Sotha, some filmmakers' horrific Lovecrafting visions have come to life on film. Allow the cast of Cthulhu to be your guide through the world of cinematic Lovecraft inspirations from the superb to the truly cosmically horrific. I am Jim Rohner. And I am James McCormick. And today we'll be talking about 2023's Batman, The Doom That Came to Gotham, written by Jace Ricci and directed by Christopher Berkeley and Sam Liu, based on the comic by Mike Mignola and Richard Pace. And if those names sound familiar to you, it's because Mike Mignola is, of course, the creative driving force behind the Hellboy comic, um, adapted into the Guillermo del Toro films, uh, first of which I'm a big fan of, second one, eh, not so much. Um, but, you know, could also maybe someday be included on this podcast now that yeah. i'm thinking about it in terms of somewhat lovecrafting thing but um, definitely that first one yes i agree yeah 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 um but yeah this is a a one of the dc elseworlds um comics actually or, or the the first time that i've actually really kind of involved i know max in general as a streaming service and out there in the universe there's a ton of these yeah dc animated films this is actually the first one that i've seen because a lot of them i mean they're basically all just adaptations of graphic novels, comics that exist. You can find yeah. one for The Killing Joke. There's one for Batman The Long Halloween. Um, and this is, of course, based on the three-issue miniseries that Mignola wrote. So I thought it was an original creation when I first started. It is not. Um, but certainly um, heavily influenced by and inspired by H.P. Lovecraft to the extent yes. you get Cthulhu name-dropped in there. Yep. Um, you get Equivalence of you don't have the Necronomicon, but you have uh, or or the Cthulhu cult, but you have the cult of Ghoul. Ra's al Ghul has a yes. has a cult that's shown up. Which is um, cool, yeah. And uh, you know, as I said in the intro, um, Eag Sotha is clearly supposed to be the the standard equivalent of Yog Sothoth. Yep. Um, yep. Kind of the the head deity, if you will, of of all the Lovecraftian entities. Um, but this was I was really into this movie. I, I mean it kind of made sense to me as I was watching that like there is Batman is so primed for this kind of adventure or this kind of adaptation, because a lot of times, especially in stories like at the mountains of madness, which there's some allusions to that at the beginning of, of the film yep. at the mountains of madness, the call of Cthulhu. A lot of times our protagonists are cold, um, objective science driven kind of people like there's a, a cop, a, a detective, a scientist, whatever. Um, and they in, in their path of discovery or on their journey of discovery, they discover that they are in over their head, that there is more that they have in, uh, anticipated. And also that they are unbeknownst to them on a path that was laid out for them, that they had no choice, but to follow to the very end. And that is, I mean, you have a detective in this, you have the world's mm -hmm. greatest detective in yep. Batman and Bruce Wayne, um, discovering that, yes, his fate as Batman, as a um, heir to the fortune, is inextricably linked to a fate that was laid out for him hundreds of years ago <laughs> that he cannot escape. So I was actually really impressed, not just with how they work DC and Batman, um, you know, I don't even want to call them Easter eggs because they serve the story so well and they work right. organically so well and how they update, you know, what we come to, to be used to from the comics into like this 1920 story, but how they work those in and also how they work in, like they rework for the story, even Batman's origin, Bruce Wayne's origin as, as becoming Batman into this story of inescapable fate. It was really impressive. 
No, I yeah, exactly. Because I have I had never read the comic. The comic came out around I think around 2000 2001, and mm. it was something I always wanted because I like the whole Elseworlds idea. And when the best Elseworlds stories are the ones that take the existing characters and do something original and something cool, like like Superman Red Sun is also yeah one of that's the a cool best. One. Yeah, that's a great one. This one, yeah, I was really like I I was like wow, this is really cool and i loved what they did with all his like rogues gallery and mm-hmm. and even like my my favorite character etrigan is in it and i'm like <laughs> etrigan alone like is I, I i've loved that character since i was a kid so every time like he pops up i'm impressed like i see jason blood his his you know human form and then the demon himself oliver queen green arrow uh, mm-hmm. as a drunk like and like big time Christian who just wants to do well because his father yeah. was a piece of shit. Yeah, he's uh, like a, he's like a Knights Templar kind of guy. Yeah, I love that. Like it, mm. it 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 works so well. And then what I'm really what what I was really impressed with was what they did with his three wards. Like yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. you had mm-hmm. Dick Grayson, of course we know, but yep. then you had they did a, a an interesting thing with the whole like Todd name. Like it was supposed to be like a like he like you know was it um the character's name was I think um, Sanjay Sanjay was the... Todd and what, mm-hmm. what uh, Jay Todd Jason Todd which was <laughs> yeah. the other Robin that got killed and came back as the Red Hood yep. in the so That's right. so they did something interesting with that and then they even did um, Kylie Kane who yeah Kate w- Caitlin Kane is is Batwoman like yeah. like, mm-hmm. like 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 so. Not only doing interesting stuff with that, they did like you have like Killer Croc as his like like you know Cthulhu type demon type of thing. You yeah, have yeah, like mm-hmm. Poison Ivy. You have Harvey Dent who then becomes Two Face in a horrific oh, way. It's, it's gross, man. Gross as hell, and kind of like was yeah. making me think of like Annihilation and like Empty Man, oh, like yeah. stuff like you know that he becomes mm-hmm. the doorway himself and he just wants to die. And it's mm-hmm. like, wow, this is super dark. And then like, yep. and then like, they did a cool idea with the, the character of oh, what is his name, Grendon, the, the, yeah, the undead think, yeah. guy who was kind of like, almost like a stand-in for like Mister Freeze. Mister Freeze, yeah. Mm-hmm. And even the Penguin, Cob- you know, Cobblepot, Oswald Cobblepot, being like someone that knows of this evil and wanted to destroy the book, but then like ended up just going to these mountains of madness himself. And becoming one with the penguin, like the the the, with like, the albino penguins, the, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. wow, like they, they. This is not only because the comic book itself, from what I gather, did all this, but then the adaptation, like, you know, they could have fucked it up. Like the Killing Joke animated film is horrible. Like, is it? I, well, because it it not because the Killing Joke is a great one, you know, Elseworlds story, and then it became not Elseworlds because then it became canon, yeah, yeah. The cartoon of that decides to add a love story between Batman and Barbara Gordon, which was oh, disgusting. Right. Okay, yeah, because mm-hmm. Batman—that's his family. Not like yeah. I'm sorry, the Batman family is a thing. Don't do that. So uh, you know what I mean? I, I don't like that <laughs> yeah. shit. You know, but but yeah. So the, like the, like every time something like and like you said like Easter egg, but it's not an Easter egg because if you know the characters. 
you know, growing up with all these cool characters and I'm like, wow, that's an interesting, uh, interesting way to put this character in this story. And what I was mm-hmm. more impressed with was they did not shoehorn the Joker in in any way. <laughs> I love, look, yeah, I love the Joker, yes. but it feels like, how could we put the Joker in? They didn't do that because mm-hmm. the story did not need the Joker. It had yep. so much other characters, but like ultimately, and you know, of course, Talia and Ra's al Ghul come, mm-hmm. coming in. And it's like, wow, this is like an epic story in an hour and a half. But I almost wish I could have had like a whole series with this version of Batman. Yeah. Right? Like, it, like there's so much cool stuff about this, but this was it. Three issues, this one movie, and that's it. And it's like, wow, there's so much potential for like a long form storytelling with this idea. Because, you know, we were joking before, like, you know, the whole thing with steampunk, it kind of, it, it could be passe, it could be kind of corny. This yeah. is not the corny steampunk. This is like, Wow, you did something cool with this. You know? Yeah, everything, especially when it comes to the comic stuff, the Batman stuff, everything works organically, updating it right to this um, to this setting. I, I mean, and like you said, so Grendon is kind of a stand-in for Mister Freeze. He doesn't have to be Mister Freeze, mm-hmm. but he is an equivalency of that character, and it makes sense based on just his history and past of basically losing his soul in the Arctic and how he takes that, you know, the seed of, of that God back to him. So of course he's going to be cold. He's going to be freezing. And so that works. Of course, it makes sense that Oswald Cobblepot, the penguin kind of gets caught up in his little albino penguin family, which I'll, I'll say side note that threw me off a bit because I was led to believe that he would then come back as the villain later. And like basically outside of those first 10 minutes, it's like, Nope, we're, we're moving on. We forget about him. And I kind of like that because it's like, he was one of like, well, you know, one of the spoilers, he was one of the original, what, like four that started Gotham, Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. an interesting take. Oh yeah. They even had, um, Langstrom, um, played by, Herbert West himself, Jeffrey Combs. Right away, I heard the voice. I'm like, you can't have a Lovecraft or a Lovecraftian thing without Jeffrey Combs. Without Jeffrey Combs. Um, um, but like, and and in the comics, I believe he was Man Bat. Yes, he was. And he was the one with the bats, and like went crazy and killed himself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like that. Like, you know, and ultimately, what does Batman become? So it's like, yeah, it, like I really enjoyed this. This was like a fun fun right even if you don't know these characters i think it's just a good story yeah you know and does something cool with the whole lovecraftian or lovecraft mythos that throws in like so many different references but it's like you said the best way to say it, it's organically done you know? yeah it, it works it works on two levels because if you're a lovecraft fan there's going to be a lot of stuff which like oh this is so cool how this so easily translates into this other medium, this other narrative. And if you're a Batman fan, it's cool to kind of see how they, how this story adapts so well to this 1920s, 1930s era. Like it's, it's a really interesting mixture of like at the mountains of madness, kind of a little bit of like Gotham by gaslight, which I know is even further back in the past. because like Jack the Ripper era. Right. Right. But then also kind of like the quarter of owls, at least in the sense of like Mm -hmm. this cabal Mm -hmm. that has like, in, in control of Gotham City for like Millennium, generations, yeah, basically for thousands of years, yeah, yeah. Like it was clearly, um, you know, crafted by people who are really big fans of both atmosphere or, or both environments, both kind of media, and that's really really cool because, like I said, it works. It works on so many different levels. Even like 
you know, when you come, when you, when you have like a steampunk adaptation of something, which is a known property, there tends to lean too heavily into that and make those things work too well. Yeah. And there's a little bit of that with like, you know, he's, he's got his own little invention for like a, a blacklight basically. Right. Um, which, you know, I don't know much about technology in the twenties. It seems like it makes sense um, in that, in that, you know, um, situation. But then we, we kind of just use it as part of, as part of the set dressing. We move on from it. We, we see how this millionaire uses his wealth to, um, have an edge in this society, but we don't, we don't dwell on it. We don't, you know, spend too much time like winking and nudging, like, see, see how cool all this stuff is because it's, it's a 90 minute movie. Like it has to move. It has to get along with this, with the story. Well, yeah. And also like, what's interesting about it is Bruce Wayne has not been back in Gotham for 20 years, 20 years. Yeah. So mm-hmm. After the murder of his parents, and it's like and you said earlier, it's a it's a nice twist on the the constant showing of the death of his parents. It's, mm-hmm. But this one, it's it makes sense why to show this because this ties into his the fate of him. Like he was doomed from the be- the beginning. Yeah, and which I liked, and yeah, like the the idea of that he has not been back there because he's been trying to become the greatest detective and also researching about this other these old gods this he knows what what he's seen and what he feels from when he was a child tie is tying all together with what he Mm -hmm. has to do when he comes back to gotham to to save it even if ultimately the whole city must burn he must he must and it's kind of a it's kind of almost like a tell like you know how batman begins had that idea of like Ra's al Ghul wanted to yep. burn the city to mm-hmm. bring it back to you know what which he had done for thousands of years to other cities. Yeah. And I kind of like that too, where you know, you, you have all these like like you know, this you know, mechan- oh yeah, we we didn't even talk about you know, we get even Oracle, you know, like Barbara Gordon, okay, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. James Gore. Like what I love about all these like adaptations too, no matter what the era, James Gordon, you know, Commissioner Gordon is always kind of the same. The, hard nose, <laughs> gruff, like, you know, like commissioner detective that's just like, I want to get to the bottom of this. But he's always, like, honorable. He's always, Yeah, he's always on the straight and narrow. Yeah, even, even when it's like, what the hell's going on here? But it's like, okay, let, let's let's try to figure this out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's really cool. And, I, I mean, I think the – I didn't expect <laughs> – the bleakness of this story. I mean, no. you, you mentioned you mentioned how it would have been great to spend more time um, in this. Like, let's have a miniseries. Let's see, kind of, when we expand upon this world, let's see, let's see what more could be in there. And so, of course, when you have a Bruce Wayne and you have a Dick Grayson, you're of course assuming one's Batman, one's Robin. Robin right. doesn't exist in yeah. this universe. And in fact, you even get the impression that when he shows up as Batman, it's the first time he's showing up as Batman, especially in a city. Yeah, like he's probably yeah. used that before in other places but this is him like okay i'm going in yeah Yeah. and 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 certainly um yeah the first time that he's been batman in 20 years because he's been yeah all over the world across the sea doing whatever he's doing to investigate um so (laughs) you're like okay dick grayson he's going to be vital to this story somehow he's going to be the compatriot he's going to he's going to be the companion there's no way 
these new characters like Sanjay right. and this established character like Dick Grayson, there's no way they're going to die. And of course they die. No, and, and I, not was like in a, I was shocked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like and, Sanjay, and not, and, Sanjay, I was like, oh man, they killed him off. That's uh, but then in my head, I'm thinking, oh, well, you're like, like the original Jason Todd, they killed off. Maybe that's an mm-hmm. illusion. But when Dick Grayson also like dies and you, and you don't see him, you only see that he's, he was torn in half. Yes. <laughs> like, like, like how dark this is where they don't show like the blood, but they show yeah. one. You could tell one half is over here and one half is on the other side. And you're like, oh my God, like. They've killed. Okay, this. Mm-hmm. Who knows what's gonna happen now? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's actually kind of a ballsy move with with something like like a DC property, but also this is an Elseworld story. So let's 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 go outside the box. Like let's let's yeah. make it like where you're like now. I'm like I really don't know where this is gonna go. Where, will Batman survive this? Like I don't know. Yeah. And we, you know, yeah. like ultimately we see what happens, and it's like. Like he has to sacrifice himself in some way in order to defeat this evil. Yeah, and, and I I want to put a pin in that because I certainly want to get back to it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, when you have a, a a property like this, especially a property like Batman, the characters are so sacred to the fans. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. by putting it in an Elseworlds property or under the Elseworlds title, the creator is given permission to kind of do whatever they want. And so, because it's not a miniseries, because it's just this movie, because it's just this three issue arc. You have to have the finality to it. You have to have this idea of like there are stakes involved with this, and Mike Mignola does that, and the and and Ricci does that by killing off Dick Grayson, by killing off Sanjay, by killing off Harvey Dent, um, <laughs> by killing off Oliver Queen, by taking all these characters that we know and love, which we assume like oh I know this okay so basically at the end of this, they're all going to be set up to be uh, you know to to kind of retake Gotham to shape it. And, you know, we're always going to have the Batman looking over the city and the Oliver Queen helping out. It's like, no, actually what we have instead is a form of hope, but also a real sense of sacrifice and weight because of who and what had to be given up in order for the, our our entire existence to be safe. And like, it it is kind of the, in a way, the, the peak of, or the apex of the Batman character and, and like what he is willing to sacrifice for the safety of Gotham city or the, for the safety of its citizens, for the people that he loves. And like, it, it's, it's totally in line with the Batman character and yes. also really fucking bleak and like, uh, like a, a hit, like when in that final, in that like kind of climactic sequence, when he's killing all the reanimated corpses and there's the flash of how they used to oh, be alive. Yes. Like that hit me like that. That was an emotional, like little gut punch it's, there. Especially when he, he's like, like, I'm sorry, son Jay. Like, like, like mm-hmm. he has to do this. He has to kill them. Like, you know, and even all, even when he kills Oliver Queen, like his demonic form, like I think Oliver Queen said, basically says thank you or something like that. Like, yeah. He it, says, thank God that he's yeah, right. dying. And it's like, damn, like, okay, this is like, wow, you're going. And again, you know, it's kind of what like what I like I like about because I've I've watched a lot of these DC animated films and some are like alright and some mm. go like they try to push the limit or at least like go go places and like this has become like one of my favorites because like it one's like more of like original from this you know from the comic but also you know it's in our wheelhouse but also I have to say like the voice acting because again when you think of Batman animated we all think Kevin Conroy. Rest in peace. Of like, course. Yeah, of the, course. The yeah, greatest yeah. Batman 
of any of them. Like, no matter mm-hmm. the live action, whatever. Kevin Conroy. That was Batman. Yeah. That was Bruce Wayne. He was the perfect melding of the two. Yep. The guy that you actually got um, for this Bruce Wayne and Batman is um, David Juntoli, who I'm like, did a great job. And I'm like, why is that? What, like, why does he look familiar? I'm looking at his IMDb. He was from that show Grimm. I don't know if you remember that show, Grimm, that like like I, Monster of the I Week remember, type of show. I remember it was a thing. I never watched it though. I watched it with my mom. Like it, it was pretty good, but he was good on it. Like, but mm. what I also like is that they actually got people that are the ethnicity of their characters, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. which is a rarity. Like like <laughs> you know like like even like um, Ra's al Ghul um, is played by uh, Navid Negenban, and I'm like. And he, he, you look at him, he looks like he looks like Razel Ghoul, like 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 shaved, <laughs> but with a shaved head. But and I'm like, why does he look familiar? And if you want, and if anyone listens to this and watched the the amazing short-lived series Legion from FX, oh okay, he was the Shadow King, the, okay. the ultimate villain in that. Yep, and it makes sense because he has this great voice and great presence, and like. Thought he did a great job. You know, like everyone did a great job, and, and that's the thing with like animated films too. If you have bad voice acting, even if the animation's great, you'll be like, "Oh, this is shit." Like, <laughs> this is garbage. It, it, you know? Yeah, it does. It, it takes you out of it because you have you have. It's supposed to be the marriage of the visuals and the audio, and if right. one of those is off, it's like, "Ugh, this is I can't, I can't do this." But I mean, Patrick Fabian as Harvey oh, Dent, I I like him a lot really, as an actor. Really good. Jason uh, Marsden. From Boy Meets yep. World, but he's been he's been playing <laughs> Dick Grayson and other characters for so many years. So he plays in this Dick Grayson and young Bruce Wayne, and it makes yep. sense because mm-hmm. yeah, this guy he's like fifty something now, and he still has that voice that sounds like a kid, mm-hmm. which is crazy. And John DiMaggio Bender himself as James Gordon, <laughs> which <laughs> I love. You can kind of hear you can a kind of bit, hear a yeah. little bit of Bender in his voice. Yeah, <laughs> that's his voice. Um, he can't help it. <laughs> Yeah, and then of course David Dasmalkian yes. as as Grendon. Um, Fantastic. Like, yeah, everyone's everyone's just very good, and I was actually kind of surprised like how little Kirk Langstrom is in this because you you assume Jeffrey Combs he's going to get a chance to choose scenery, and like he's his character like you really hear maybe a few seconds of Jeffrey Combs's voice really. Right, but you know what? It's Jeffrey Combs, and right away I'm I like I'm I, you know like I'm I'm paying attention. All of a sudden I'm like like you know when it, it's him like, reading the 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 journal of him, and it's his yep. voice, and I'm like. That's that's got to be Jeffrey Combs. There's no denying yep. that voice, and I'm like, yep, it is. Okay, and it's really you. with the Lovecraftian stuff where the the Easter eggs come in because yes. Herbert West yes. as a character is in this, but he's a <laughs> medical doctor who's treating Harvey Dent, or we 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 would like to believe he's treating Harvey Dent for um, whatever the Poison Ivy character has has done to him. Yes, um, which yes, uh, and, and this is where I'll say I had to watch this over a few different settings. Mm. This is what happens when you have a baby. Yes. Um, I, I did get something was lost to me in the sense of why was it that Harvey Dent was the door? Like, what was it about him that was supposed to be you, the one to help usher in this god? It's it's no, it's 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 not it's not your fault because it's really not like it's not really explained in the sense like basically they just say he is the one for some reason mm-hmm. because in comics he's two faced. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? It's kind of it felt like that. Like that was the one thing that I'm like, is there a reason? Like 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 I don't understand why. Like because he wasn't part of the lineage of, no, of like the four. You know what I mean? So yeah. so it was kind of weird. But I guess it was 
again, how Bruce Wayne was destined to become this Batman and, and whatnot. Yeah. I'm guessing Harvey Dent was also a piece of this puzzle, this cosmic mm. puzzle that had to be, and of course, like he had to come to power and become like the mayor. So he was a powerful being then to take, you know, get infected and then just become the, the most horrifying and horrible <laughs> version of Two-Face ever. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. God. I could buy that in in a of a story dealing with this idea of a fate that you are destined mm-hmm. to play out whether you want it or not. I can I can buy that. I would have yeah. liked to see hear a little bit more about what what is it about this Harvey Dent character, especially you know thematically or metaphorically considering who the Two Face character is. This like two sides of something, how that plays into this whole thing, which maybe is like the physical world and the supernatural. Although right. I'm not really sure, but yeah, what, what ultimately happens to Harvey Dent is truly <sighs> horrific in the sense of, yes, half of his body does remain Harvey Dent. Yeah. Um, the other half becomes this like bulbous, purple, bulging, or almost kind of like... Cancerous tumor. Yeah, like um, if, if you've seen what, uh, what um, oh. Tetsuo becomes yes. at the end of Akira, there you go. It's, it's like that where his body is growing into the wall that is split open to kind of form this portal that bruce has to go to to ultimately confront talia and raz al ghul and it's like it's, it's not graphic in the sense of how detailed it's drawn but it's still really gross well yeah because like especially when like you can tell like bruce wayne it feels bruce wayne is like so like he just feels so bad and the way he's just like i'll see you soon harvey mm-hmm. and he's like uh, which which also plays into that character in the sense of like how bruce wayne has always felt some guilt for what he couldn't do to stop Harvey Dent from becoming right. Two-Face. I mean, that that's yes. long going. And, you know, even eventually in the comics, like Harvey Dent does get fixed and go back to becoming Harvey Dent, but then he becomes Two-Face again. So it's this whole thing of just like what Bruce couldn't do, how he couldn't stop whatever happened to Harvey to happen to him. And that's in this, in this, in this too. Yes. No, you're right. And, and, and again, those are like nods to like the comics, the Batman, the animated series, and just mm-hmm. the lore itself. And, it's a respectful nod to all this stuff. Like, if you know it, you know it. But if you don't, it's not pandering. It's not like, well, if you don't know it, you're an idiot. It's like more like, if you know it, it's because you're a true, like you're a super fan. But if you don't, who cares? Because it's still a cool idea, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, like that. Yeah, that's. I felt so bad and like that and like, like I loved Oliver Queen in this. Like Oliver Queen, because at first he's like this super lush. Like drunk all the time, singing like saying the same terrible like joke story that like drunk mm. you know, friends do. That you're like, oh, oh yeah. god, he's telling this story again. He's like telling this one again. Yeah, I love Bruce Bruce Wade at that party. You know that get together. He's just like, oh god, really? And like, but ultimately he sobers up and like he's the hero. He's one of the heroes that you you know this story needs mm. where. What, what what do you have like the four arrows that were punctured Saint? Um... But they were Saint Sebastian's yeah, arrows. Like Jesus yeah. Christ, man! Like, <laughs> like okay, I don't know how you got those, but you're also a millionaire, so it makes sense. Um, and yeah, that was where my knowledge failed. Like I, I know, 
I know obviously Oliver Queen is Green Arrow, but is he also a similar story? Like in the in the comics, is he like a millionaire too who yes. took it upon himself to become a vigilante? Yeah, like he he's like you know he was a millionaire and like similar thing where you know he had a ward himself. He had you know um, I, like later on the, the the guy became Red Arrow, but like there's yeah. the famous the famous story in the seventies where. I don't know. I, I can't remember what his name was. I don't know if it was Zippy or something stupid, but he became a heroin addict. And it was like okay. him and Green, Ar- Green Lantern, when they were teaming up, Green Arrow and Green Lantern yeah. found him like shooting up and like, what do you do? And like, that yeah. was a big deal because like, oh, it's a superhero or a hero doing something wrong. And it's like, he, mm-hmm. couldn't, he couldn't even stop it. You know, again, he had his own wards, kind of like mm. Batman. Yeah. It's similar, but he's more. He was always more cocky and like you know, kind of a dick, but in a fun way. Like like, you liked him, and like Kevin, yeah. Kevin Smith had a good run actually with Green Arrow in like the early two thousands. Like his run was really good. Like when Kevin Smith got into comic book writing. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. His stuff was good, but like they did an interesting job, and and he's always been a you know a character that was like Catholic, you know, and like Catholic guilt, and just okay. and just like trying to do that but like his his story is a cool idea and like you know how he's not a superhero too but he's trained his body so well that he like he actually defeated the character deathstroke who is like oh, sure. the ultimate you know that he learns how you how you fight and he, you can't mm-hmm. do it the same way he learned actually how to defeat deathstroke multiple times which even batman was like how did you do that he's like i practiced <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know but yeah. yeah so it's a cool idea like they did it but like the whole knight's templar thing with the same dagger right that killed thomas wayne yep and you know again and again you know this idea of like thomas wayne we we've always had in the comics and in the cartoons for the most part he was this heroic like very stand-up you know individual that was like the heart and soul of gotham Yep. And while it's true, like he was the heart and soul of Gotham with these others, they did something very horrible back in like what was it the 1600s? 1500s. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And like you know, but it was like one time, but one time was just enough to basically be damned for eternity. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like the twist and turn, like Dad with the whole Oliver Queen's father himself being one of them and like killing Thomas Wayne because he went completely insane. You know, it's, and, you know, wow. And that gets into, I think, the real tragedy mm-hmm. of the story, mm-hmm. which is so perfectly Lovecraftian. That idea, they say it multiple times, the sins of the father are yes. visited upon the son. Oh, so, and it's, it's, it's said so many times, but it's, it, they want to hammer it because, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it's always yeah. going to, you're, you're damned. Like, all these, mm-hmm. these children of these people it doesn't matter what they do if they even if they tried doing something else they would still come back to what they are now yeah and it, it's i mean i know we've we've covered it in other movies the one which immediately is occurring to me is um you know hemoglobin slash bleeders but this yes. idea of yeah yeah what your family is what you're born into and how you can't escape that and how that's truly so tragic and, you know, watching this movie and hearing Oliver Queen say this and hearing it imparted to Bruce that the sins of the father are visited on the son, how I, I don't want to say read it, but what I anticipated was, okay, so there's this thing that Thomas Wayne did 
that Bruce is going to have to overcome to save the day. Right. But what the real tragedy is, is no, 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 no. It's not something that Bruce has to overcome. Bruce has to be a sacrifice yes. in order to save. Us. Yeah. So there's no, it's not, I mean, there's a victory in the end in the sense that like, yes, Eoxotha has not destroyed Gotham city and destroyed the world, but also Bruce Wayne and Batman, as we know him is destroyed. Yes. Like, completely sacrifice and, and the thing of like sorry like this has to be done if you want to save the world you have to do this it's not like a it's not a i'm a detective i'm going to figure out a way to get around this or i'm going to figure out a way to say it's like no 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 this has to be done inescapable fate entirely tragic bruce wayne becomes a horrific man bat creature and that is his existence from now on because that's what had to be done because that's what his father set out for him and it's like Oh, are you kidding? Yeah, me? no, and it's like it's it it sucks, but it's like and it's also him like the detective stuff in it is great because it's him trying to figure out what this like weird, you know, when Etrigan comes and tells him, you know, you have to burn your you know, like all these like cryptic things that mm. he tells him that he has to do. Like and it's almost like, Are you an idiot? You should you should know this, you know, like yeah. mm-hmm. and then ultimately what he realizes like Oh my god, I have I have to like basically I have to die and come back as a monster in mm-hmm. order to defeat these other monsters. Yep. And I can't come back from that. Yeah. And and that's because yeah. that's the thing. It's it's not just tied into it's not just that this prophecy is tied into him as a person, but it's tied into inextricably with his origin of becoming Batman. He always had to become Batman yes. in order for him to become a sacrifice. And so that even, that's the, that's oh, the, yeah. to me, the most tragic thing at the core, because we see Batman as sort of like this heroic kind of symbol of hope in the sense of, I'm going to become Batman to counteract these things that I've done to try and stop these things that have been done to me. So I can stop them in the act for other people. And in this one, it's like, you had to become Batman because what you have to die you have to become this thing that happened to you. And it's like, and it really kind of subverts and turns on his head, this idea of even the origin of Batman to begin with. And that is the real strength of this story. I think is like, wow, it even yeah. fucking <laughs> contaminates that at the core, which is like, well, like you're bravo. Well done, yeah. Mike Mignola. Yeah, yeah. Really well done. No. And like, and again, the other thing that I love is like when Kylie's like begging him, like, let's just go, let's leave, let's get another boat. Let's just travel. Like who cares? You don't mm-hmm. you don't owe this city anything. Yep. You've been gone for twenty years. You don't owe them. And like I love like, you know, Bruce is just like, look, you know, there's people that see a burning building and they'll run and get help. And then there's ones that will run in to save. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and you know that's what he would do. And he's like, when I looked at you, when I found you, I knew which one you were. And it's such mm-hmm. a like a emotional scene, like that's just like, because you don't see him meet up with these wards. Like, you just get a little glimpse of, like, you know, like, while he was traveling, he found her. He found Dick. Yeah. He found Sanjay. And became this little family while they were, like, traveling. And he was trying to instill his knowledge and his, like, morals. But, like, again, like, now she is, you know, you could say, like, she'll become Batman one day or whatever. You know, like, she's mm-hmm. now helping the city in his right. name. And in the name of Harvey Dent and in the name of Oliver Queen. Mm-hmm. So their sacrifices were not for nothing. It was not for nothing. Like it's, 
there's a reason for these sacrifices, but it's still tragic. But yeah, and again, like the scene with Alfred just going goodbye, son. Like I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm like fuck you, <laughs> like stop it, like like how is it like so emotional? Like, how is it like better done than like some movies? Like like that like live, you know what I mean? It's it, it's yeah. it's like one central story, and we know these characters from these other great stories, but like they just somehow just shaped it into like this really well done thing. And like I'm surprised this hasn't like. I haven't hear I haven't been hearing people talk about this film more like you know and again I think it's because we're in a world where there's so much stuff like there's so no, much no, there's so much yeah there's so much like Max itself like you know in order to find this I had to actually search for it it wasn't like in like new new stuff it's like oh yeah. it's already it's already even though it's 2023 it's already like the 50th thing that's new and I I I don't think I would have been aware of it unless like you know, uh, occasionally when you when you sign into Roku, there's kind of like an ad for something over on the side. And I think one time it was kind of like, yes, Batman, the doom that came to Gotham. Yeah. Like, oh, that's interesting. But yeah, I I've I haven't heard about it written anywhere. And, you know, I'd like to think I'm kind of in tune with with geek culture. But admittedly, like, yeah, there are so many DC animated films yes. out there. Well, this is the 51st. A lot of them... This is the 51st DC <laughs> animated film. Like mm. that ends like. Oh, okay. That's why. <laughs> and it, it's it's <clears throat> unfortunate because if you do kind of dig in, you hear like a lot of the really good DC stuff like is coming out of the animated universe. Okay. Whereas when the live action stuff, we're all just kind of sick of it already. Yes. So I think people are just kind of not paying attention as much as they have to the DC stuff because it's it's all just kind of lumped together. Because like yeah, you know, uh, which I, I guess is unfortunate. But even like you said, they put so much stuff out that occasionally you're going to get good ones. You're going to get stinkers. Because yeah, I haven't. I haven't heard great things about the killing joke. Now it, it is also a, a graphic novel, which as time has gone by, it's like, this is like, even Alan Moore has been like, yeah, I, I made some mistakes with that one. Yeah. I mean, it's not the greatest, like, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's very trumped up like over the years, like it's not Watchmen. Like I'll be, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, it's not from hell. It's, you know, it's, it's Alan Moore trying something different with Batman. I mean, ultimately, mm. ultimately Alan Moore's Superman stuff is much better. Because like, I, if, which I, I have, yeah, I've not read any of that. If you look look up some of that stuff, like it, he he gets. It, you wouldn't you wouldn't think Alan Moore would get Superman, but he really does. Actually, did he do whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow? Yes, that's one of okay. One of which the, then Neil Gaiman like kind of yeah. uh, piggybacked off of with whatever happened to the Cape Crusader exactly, after exactly. Final Crisis. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That that was like his. That was Neil Neil's um, nod to Alan Moore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, like again, Alan Moore is always known as dark and broody, brooding, you know, comics. But some of his stuff is very hopeful, and that's like one of them. Like the Superman stuff is very like, oh wow, this is. It's kind of like Garth Ennis, which is funny. Like Garth Ennis is known as, you know, stuff like Preacher and the Boys and like the darkest, like mm -hmm. you know, disgusting. The the his like Punisher Black Label. Oh thing yeah, it's did, like yeah. horrific stuff, but. Mm -hmm. And you know his Vietnam stuff is like great, but it's like oh, it's the horrors of war. But it's funny when he would write Superman, like the character, you could tell he actually, or at least it seemed like he really respected Superman as like this perfect person, you know, this character where you're like, oh, okay, he understands Superman is this character. It's not you can't make Superman dark. I mean, you can. That's injustice. But, yeah, sure. But but you know, I mean, the in red red sun to it at a certain extent. To an extent, but like again, yeah, again, that's nature versus nurture. 
that whole story. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, but yeah, so. Speaking of Alan Moore, yes. Um, I'm I'm tying this back to <laughs> to the Doom that came to Gotham. Yeah. Alan Moore uh, worships a certain go- a serpent god. Yes, he does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there is a brief kind of. Oh yeah. Not even an aside, but a brief development in this where it's like oh, yeah. the city's gonna become overrun by reptiles. Right. <laughs> like, um okay, we and that happens for a few minutes, and then we just kind of forget it. Move on. Right, right. Okay, thank you. Because it's like <laughs> the stakes are like Harvey that's like, when I become mayor, I'll get rid of this. And i I was like, oh, okay, so it's overrun. And then like nothing ever said again. Yeah, it's it's really it's really rather weird. And and the the one and another kind of like a minor quibble I have with this is I it, it kind of whips back and forth as to who the big bad is really supposed to be or going to be because like I said at the beginning, right. I assumed it was going to be Cobblepot who's going to come back because we have that shot of him on the mountain looking at the boat and kind of like, "Ooh, this is ominous." And then we we move on. Right. Um then you assume it's going to be um Iog Sotha. Um, right. But then you also think it's going to be Ra's al Ghul. Who's but then it's Iog Sotha again. But right. then it's he becomes yeah, like so. It's it's kind of like make up your mind, guys. Like what what are you what are you doing here on that one? You know, and it's and, and it's funny because it it actually what's weird it reminds me a little bit of the first Hellboy movie, where oh yeah, yeah okay. where you have Rasputin is like mm-hmm. the big bad, but really it's it's you know what I mean like that he becomes one with the elder god yeah so like it's really like the thing we don't know that if you look at it you become insane like grendon saw this thing and tore his eyes out mm-hmm. in order to not become more insane he's already crazy yeah. but like but yeah like it's it that no it's it's funny like where who's the big bad but again i i think the strength of this is like the the big bad is like is basically the the horrible fate that Batman and every, and everyone else has to go through. That's the bad. Yeah. That's, you know what I mean? That's the bad of it all. Like mm. it could have been any monster God. Like it doesn't matter. Ultimately, whatever these thing, you know, this thing that existed that's haunted his mind since he was a child. And then it's an interesting take on like that. He becomes one with like these, this bat God of some sort. It's not really yeah. meant, but like, and I kind of like that, where it's like this is another supernatural being, like almost like to fight against this other thing. And Etrigan is there from hell, also. Mm. So it's like kind of tying in, you know, Christian Catholicism, like kind of stuff. But like where there's all these different types of deities fighting or or helping each other. Yeah, you know what I mean. And like, it- and ultimately, like. You, ultimately, you have like Etrigan, who's from hell. Like he's like in the comics, he's like a prince of hell. Like he's he wants to take over hell at one point, but then he just loves coming to Earth to fuck around and and rhyme all the time. Sure. And like, which I always respect that any writer that had to write Etrigan would have to be like, okay, I gotta have to rhyme everything now. Jesus Christ! <laughs> he, actually, one of one of the one of the cartoons you should watch is the the second. Both Justice League darks are good. Mm-hmm. With Constantine, but the second one's really good because there's something in it that screws with Etrigan so much that he becomes silent and doesn't rhyme oh. anymore because mm-hmm. he's become so tormented. And it's like even Constantine's like, "Wait, Etrigan's not rhyming anymore. Something's wrong." But uh, 
but yeah, like, but I like that idea. Like, you know, Etrigan is actually trying to help because if there's no more Earth, there's no one to torment or no one to like torture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it's like yeah. them trying to help. Hell is trying to kind of help with this bat god type of thing. So, like, I mean, and again, you don't need a backstory with that. It's like, okay, whatever. It's some sort of nature versus the Earth's nature I, kind of god. You know? I don't. I don't necessarily need a backstory. I would have liked a little bit of even just some casual throwaway line of like, yeah, how cosmically the, the bats have always been right. Or, or the symbol of a bat has always kind of been in opposition to the serpent or whatever the symbol is right. that represents this God. And even, I don't know, like as much as it's, it's as much as the story unfolds that Bruce has to make the sacrifice to save the world. It's also like, but then it's also Etrigan that kind of saves the world at the end. Like he's he's like the the fire to fight. Yeah. You know, like that. Like Batman had to get the fire part like right. Like he because ultimately he, if you notice, like yeah, Batman had to be the one to to defeat Ra's al Ghul's version of this. Yeah. And then Etrigan had to be like the lat, like basically the weapon, the the secret weapon. Let's yeah. just and you know it's like again. It's the team up. It's like, in order for this to be to work, everything had to work together. Yeah. If if Etrigan wasn't there, then we wouldn't screw. But if Batman wasn't there and Etrigan was just there, it would have been the same thing. They would the pieces mm-hmm. had to fit together. You know. Yeah, I, I guess like it, it, it's it's a little bit too convenient oh, or hand wavy for me. But it's also course, it's, yeah. it's but it's it's kind of like a minor complaint. Like I'm not really I don't think it, it's necessarily detrimental to and, and you know considering how much they only have like 90 minutes they're actually they crammed a whole lot of stuff in there. They really um, did cuz it was one of those movies where I'm like you know you know when you like kind of go like how how much time has gone by not in a bad way you're like and you're like wait only 40 minutes has gone by like wow they've yep. crammed a lot of stuff in that 40 then they cram a lot more in that next you know 50 minutes you're like holy <laughs> shit damn yep. impressive you no, know? There's, yeah there's there's a lot and like ends kind of bittersweet but mostly bitter um, yes. cause like, sure, Bruce will always be with us, but as this horrific man, bat character, um, yes. yay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. Okay. Like I, I thought, I thought what was going to happen was they were going to succeed in burning Gotham to the ground, but then there'd kind of be these reincarnated versions of like, okay, 50 years later. And like, here's the Harvey Dent we know, here's the Bruce Wayne we know, but instead it's like, no, the city is saved. Um, but all these people are dead and Batman is a horrific monster. Okay, bye. Yeah, just, just hiding in the bell tower, just there, just in case. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's just um, like, ah, you know, I can't. Like he, he was able to talk briefly, but then no more. You just that, that's it. hang out with the bats. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, a a really great yeah. um, marriage between Lovecraft and Batman. And like I said, you know, as we said in the last episode, this is nothing new. Arkham Asylum comes from Arkham. And they, they visit Arkham Asylum yes. to speak to Oracle. So it's kind of full circle on the influences <laughs> here. Yep. Um, and a, a James McCormick um, approved bleak ending. <laughs> of course. Um, not, not bleak enough, of... but no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's, there are too many people alive for James. <laughs> yes. Addition of all burned, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but good choice. But yeah, good that, choice. Jeff. Yes. Very good. But that was, yes, that was a Batman, the doom that came to Gotham, I think um, made up for my um, selection of the deep ones. Um, oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. 
we'll see how it goes next time with um lily cat because that was james's choice and but i'll you know we we were we were fans of dark sea but also say the bar was is pretty low for a film to clear that one yeah and I, uh, I think a lot can clear that one you know Yes, um, but that was Batman the Doom that came to Gotham. Uh, we are the Cast of Cthulhu. You can find us on Twitter at Cast Cthulhu. I am Nolan Fixes Teeth, and James is Wonka Kills Kids. Email us any comments or questions at moviesofmadness at gmail.com. Catch up on back episodes of the Cast of Cthulhu at castofcthulhu.podbean.com or at battleshippretension.com. We can also leave comments, um, which I try to check on a regular basis, but I'll, I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not not religious about it so i apologize on that um and yes so as we mentioned our next episode um finishing up september and our animated theme will be lily cat um which ostensibly seems like a japanese anime version of alien but i'm not sure i've never seen it i'm stepping into this as blind as i'm gonna say it's 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 a japanese animated um alien mixed with the thing that's all i'm gonna say okay like you'll when you watch it you'll see what i mean but like but mo- mostly alien, mm-hmm. but a little bit of the thing thrown in. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'm and I'm assuming the 1982, not the 2011. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Fair enough. Okay, well, um, there you go, folks. Do with that what you will. <laughs> um, as we said, be sure to tune in next time where we'll be talking about Lily Cat. In the meantime, we'll be waiting and dreaming with Dead Cthulhu in his house in Relia. <laughs> <laughs>